turn your Bibles to Ephesians, and we're going to continue on with our letter. And God has been doing such a great work, and I just want to share something with you. We've been in Ephesians going on seven months. Someone say seven months. Seven months, one letter, and we still don't know what we're doing. Seven months, one letter, and we still don't know how this quite works, but we're learning, and we're growing, and we're beginning to understand how it's like a puzzle that's working together, how, how the first three chapters were our biblical principles. Our second three chapters are practical living. The first chapter deals with where we're sitting in heavenly places, how we, were, we weren't by accident, that we were chosen, handpicked by God. We were purchased by Jesus, his blood, and then we were sealed by his Holy Spirit. And that we were saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast, but what, yet we were still created for works. Amen? And I'm going to read this scripture one more time. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, Someone say, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them or live in them. And so we are learning how to, what, number one, walk in unity, walk in purity, walk in love, walk in wisdom, live in harmony, right? Live in harmony. That's a hard one. Wives, be submissive to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents. Parents, have broke your children. Then you do good to your boss. Your boss has to do good to you. Amen? So we're starting to get this living. We're starting to get this practical living down. Because we were created for good works. God is a master craftsman. Amen? Amen? He's a master potter. We are the clay. We are his canvas. He is the master artist. And so part of the problem, what we do sometimes through scripture is we fly through it. That's why it's taken to seven months and six chapters. I'm only going to speak on one scripture today. I usually speak on a lot of them, but part of the problem is that we skip scripture so much that I think it's important that we take note of this one. And so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. So after all this, someone say after all this, Paul says, finally, amen, finally, now I can tell you how this is going to work. Someone say, finally, after all, we were created for his workmanship, amen, amen. And so he said he created this, we are his workmanship created for good works. We are not going to be able to fulfill the works of God, keep walking in the ways of God unless we do this. He says, finally, my brethren, finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Do you know that every living thing is powered? If not, it's dead. Amen? Your refrigerator only works because of power. 
Your phone only works because of power. Your cars only run because of power. 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 Someone say power. How do we get this power? How do we stay in this power? What is he talking about this power? The definition of power, I'm going to read it to you. Is the ability to do something or act in a particular way, especially in a faculty or quality. The capacity or the ability to direct of influence and to help others to successful. So in order for us to do the things of power, in order for us to be influenced, we have to know what this power is. Amen. Most of the times we read this, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And right away, we want to get to the demons. How do we fight these demons? Right? Put on the full armor of God. I thought pastor was going to teach about the full armor of God. I would love to teach about the full armor of God, but if we don't have that power, we can't do it. Amen? He says, now that you're mature enough, now that you're doing these things, now the process is set, I want you to be in power. Throughout history, when God spoke to Adam, he says, all authority is already yours. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen? I want you to subdue and do this and do that. And so Adam sins. Then he tells Cain, Cain, outside is the devil. Outside is sin. But you have power and authority over that. And yet, you know what human nature does? Human nature gives up its power to the enemy. And so before we can fight the enemy, we got to learn how to keep this power. We got to learn what this power consists of. Because the Bible says this, the kingdom of heaven suffer violent, but the violent take it by what? Take it by power. And so part of the problem is we're trying to live society, we're trying to live in this world without power. How many people have a powerless marriage? Don't raise your hand, please. How many singles feel like they're powerless? You just feel powerless. You feel like if I just had a husband, I would have more power. And the, and the, and the wife said, if I just didn't have a husband, I'd have more power. And as fathers, we feel like we're losing, as children, we have power over our little children as they get as teenagers. Come on, let's talk about those teenagers. Little by little, we're, we're losing power. Amen? No, I'll never lose power. Come on, give me a break. Those teenagers know what to do. Used to be one, believe it or not. But everything consists of power and authority and everything sits of order. And the problem is that we lose power in our marriages. We lose power in our children. We lose power and authority at church. At work, we used to, we, when we first got our job, man, I love my job. Now you say, when can I get another one? Because something happens along the way where you forget your purpose in life. You forget that you have power. You forget that you had authority. You forget that what you were called to do. And God says, I called you and I've given you this power. Amen. And so I want to read this to you. Go to Deuteronomy. This is basically Ephesians. 
And so what happens is the children of Israel or the Hebrew nation, they're in slavery. They're in bondage to Pharaoh in Egypt. They're working for Egypt. They're working for Pharaoh. They don't like their living conditions. They don't like their lifestyle. They're not able to worship. They're not able to do what God originally called them to do. God called them to a land of milk and honey, and yet they're working for somebody else's land. And so God sends Moses, this, this Moses, and Moses comes, and at this time Moses comes, he has no power. He has no authority. He tries to kill an Egyptian to deliver him out of his own physical strength, and it backfires on him. He goes and hides, and God sees him, and God speaks to him through a fire, through power, and says, Moses, what are you doing here? I hear the crying of my people. I want you to go and go deliver this message. And Moses goes and delivers this message and does signs and wonders. See, a lot of times we mistake power with signs and wonders. And you know what? It is a part of it. We're saying, where's the signs and wonders of church? You know what the signs and wonders of church when you get up and go to work tomorrow? When you love your husband as you love yourself. We're looking for all these physical signs and wonders of people speaking in tongues and the, and the, and the, and the lame walking and, and, and all the people. We're looking for all these things and we're saying, you know what, where's the power of the church? The power of the church is when you get up in the morning and you become the best man and woman that God has called you to be. That's what God's called you to be. God's called you to demonstrate his power. One soul, one family at a time. When you get up and go to work, it takes power. When you come home and deal with children, it takes power. When you deal with stuff at work, it takes power. Amen? See, the problem is, is because we're so accustomed to doing things, we just think that, oh, I don't need this power. I can do it on my own strength. And let me tell you, you fell over and over and over and over again. You know, the other day I was driving my car, and, and you know what? Thank God I, I, you know, I had a couple of dollars in my pocket. I, I, you know, I haven't ran out of gas in years. And I'm driving my car, and I see the little light go on. That's at least 50 miles. Anybody ever been there? Right? That's at least 50 miles. Anybody? Man, I'm good for at least three more days. So the light goes on, so I calculated in my mind, like, I'm used to this. It goes like this. I put gas in, la, 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 la. So I'm driving. I drop Joaquin off at practice. I'm driving back from Costa Mesa in traffic. And I boom, 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 boom. So I thought, oh, it's stick. So I go, oh, my car, the car broke down. It couldn't have been the gas. There's no way. It's not the gas. It's a stupid car. It broke down. No, it was gas. And believe it or not, I did pray. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so dumb. I should have just put gas in. But you know how stupid I am? I have 50 miles, right? So I'm going to, man, Arco's about 10 miles down there. I don't want to put $75 extra, you know, pay 75 cents extra a gallon. Anybody been there? Right? And this is my problem. This is my problem. So I get to an Arco, and it has about 1,000 cars, so I get frustrated and drive off. I still got 26.3 miles. 
to make a long story short, I prayed, I pumped the gas, I let it go, and I coasted off. And it happened to be a gas station that I had to pay extra $5 per gallon. But you know what? At that point, I didn't care. I just wanted to get back, and it was a hot, one of those hottest days of, of America. So when your car's off, guess what? There's no air condition. You roll down the window, it's just hot air. Then I'm embarrassed, you know. How am I going to call my wife and say I ran out of gas? So I just called Pastor John, and I'll be right there. He gets caught in traffic, but thank God I got gas. And I said, you know, John, he's already like, I'm right getting off. I don't need you. I got gas. Thank you, brother. But you know what this is? This all could have been avoided if I would have got power. And you know what? Sometimes we live our lives like that. I prayed about 40. You know, I know I prayed three days ago. I got at least two more hours of prayer with God left. And we're, running, we're trying to be a Christian. Like, oh, man, I would like to put it in. That's expensive. But I'll go wait to do the cheap stuff. You know what the problem is? Sometimes we go for the cheap thrill. Sometimes we go for the cheap stuff. I'm going to talk to you because sometimes it goes to the cheap stuff. Sometimes you're like, you do those little cheap prayers. Come on, somebody. I'm I'm going to talk to you. I want to get real with some people here today. You know, I'm going to want my marriage to be better. And you know what? I know what it takes to be better. And you put about $2 in. Right? You put a couple gallons in instead of filling it up. I want to be a better father. And so you spend half an hour instead of, you know, Oh, and your wife goes, you're supposed to spend, oh, I spend a half an hour. Really, a half an hour after the whole week. And you wonder why your kid's crazy. You wonder why he's, and your family's, and you're, and then you're fighting with your wife. Who, who ran out of gas first? And you're looking at each other, you're all. And your little kids look at you like. Daddy, can you pray with me? <laughs> no power. And that's what happened to the church. They're just running off last year's prayers. They're waiting to get an arco somewhere down the line. They're so accustomed to doing things the right way. They're just like, you know, I, I know I can, get, I can get myself in a little bit of sin without getting hurt. Right? Then you're messed up again, right? And whose fault is that? When the Lord, he said, finally, brethren, be strong. I said, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. You want a strong, you want a good marriage? Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. You want to be a good father? Be strong in the Lord, in the power. You want to be a good worker? Be strong in the Lord, in the power. You want to be a good friend? Be strong. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I know when Jen's not in power, the flesh comes out. When she's in power, I look handsome. She's like, what can I do for you? I have some grapes in the refrigerator. What would you like to eat? Let me wash your clothes. But when she's not, she yelled at me the other day. I go, hmm, haven't been praying much. Thank God I'm not like that tax collector. No, but the point I'm trying to make is you can tell when someone's not empowered. Their attitude, right? They're complaining. 
what comes out of their mouth, what they're talking about. Out of the abundance of a heart, a man speaks. I said out of the abundance of a heart, a man speaks. You know when someone's on fire, and Jesus did this, and the Holy Ghost did that, and you know what? I got blessed at work, and you're like, shut up. Maybe God works for you, but he hasn't worked for me. Well, guess what? He does work for you, but you got out of the power. Amen? And the devil's greatest trick is to take your power. He did it to Adam. He did it to David. He did it to Moses. He did it to all these people. And if we knew that he did it to them, then why do we make the same dumb mistakes? And so this is what it says. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, be careful. To observe and you may live and multiply and go into the possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Number one, the reason why he allowed these things to take place in our lives is to humble us. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud but gives power to the humble. When David was humbled, he was empowered. When David faced Goliath, he was humbled. He says, I can't beat you, but my God can. And it was easy for him to destroy Goliath when he knew that God was with him. And if God be for you, who could be against you? And so when the reason why sometimes in throughout life you have to eat manna or top ramen or bean and cheese burritos or the lights might go off or situations might happen and you might be saying you're struggling, don't go get alone. Pa- tap into the power of God. And you shall remember the Lord your God who led you through the wilderness for 40 years. I feel like I've been going through this for a while. Well, they went 40 years. Some of you are not even 40 years old. Barely got saved four days and you're struggling. Oh, man, what a struggle. How long have you been serving the Lord? Three days. Every day. God allows circumstances to see where you're at. Because you know what the funny thing is? The first person we blame is nobody else but God. God, I've been doing all this for you, and this is what I get. I'm tired of eating manna. Sound familiar? What are we having today? Manna. What are we having for lunch? Manna. Okay. What are we having for breakfast? Manna. How many people sometimes get tired of manna? Want a little bit of steak? Eh? Right? A little bit of sushi? Ceviche, come on, flame mignon. Anybody? He's going, stop, man, I'm hungry. I'm just barely getting a Costco dog. You want that stuff, amen? But how, how many of you know that God knows what's best for you? He knows that he has to feed you manna because you have to be on a special diet at first. Come on, somebody, you got to be on a special diet. If he started off with but manna, you would be you would be in trouble right now. You ain't hearing me. He, he did it to humble you, to test you. Someone say this is a test. Someone say this is a test. Only a test. If it had been a real situation, sometimes your marriage gets tested. Sometimes your faithfulness gets tested. Come on, sometimes your loyalty gets tested. Come on, sometimes, listen, I'm pretty sure, let me get to help somebody out here. I'm pretty sure Judas wasn't the only one that was offered 30 pieces of silver. He wasn't the only one. 
Sometimes your loyalty and your faithfulness and your and your and who you are, your character, your word gets tested. And sometimes you just got to make things right. Sometimes you got to get just say, you know what, devil, I'm not for sale. I got something that you can't give me. This is only a test. And if you failed it, guess what? You can take it again. God knows I fell so many times. I didn't want to take the test. I'm like, I'm over this. And he says, yeah, here's the test. This time I'm going to give you the answers because you want to do it on your own strength. How about this? Jesus. It's not A, B, or C, or D. Jesus. What do you do if you're being in Jesus helps me out. How about that? It's not A, B, or C. What do you think I should go with him, her, or them? How about this? What did Jesus say? Should I watch this rated R movie? I know it's scary, but you know what? It's Halloween, and you know what? I'm a Christian, and I, I just want to see this stuff so I know what kind of demons I'm going to battle. You can't even fight a little demon this big, and you want to fight those? How about the answer is, would Jesus allow that to happen? If that's the case, if you want to go watch those movies, then put it on here. Put a CD on, put it on here, and watch a horror movie here. Oh, God forgive, I would never do that. But yet you would do it outside of this? You are the church. I say, you are the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's funny, we have Christians in here. We have a lot of power in here. But the power doesn't make much sense here. Your power is for out there that you would walk in. To know what was in your heart. How about that? How many, have you ever heard somebody, God knows I have a good heart. You ever hear those people? Anybody here? Hey, raise your hand if you heard those people. You know, you could keep your Christianity stuff. God knows I have a good heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? There's stuff in your heart that you don't even know. There's some stuff in your heart that you don't even know. You're like, oh, oh, oh my God, I didn't know that was in there. Yes, it was in there because you never dealt with it. Amen? And so when you learn how to deal with that, it begins to manifest. And the only thing that can remove all those things from your heart is the power of God. It's Jesus. Amen? So that's why David was real quick to say this. Listen, when David failed, when he fell short of the glory of God, he goes, created me a what? Clean heart. I didn't know that was in there. Created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Give me back my power. I don't care about being king. I want my Holy Ghost power back. I don't care about the castle and the servants and all these things. I want my relationship because I was a man after God's heart. And I realized when I'm after God's heart, I get to see that between my heart and God's heart, they look different. And when he was after God's heart, guess what? He was very close. Whether you keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every what? Man lives by what? That proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. There is a reason why you are going through it financially. God is trying to humble you. God is trying to test you. God wants to know, do you believe that he is Jehovah Jireh? That he will supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And if you believe that, you will receive that. But guess what? Don't ask if you're double-minded. 
I know God's going to supply all my needs, but I'm going to go do this to get the money. You know how this church started? We believed. You know why this church is still here? We believe. And if we went out there and grabbed a loan or tried to do all these things, we would be in trouble right now. Amen? The only reason why we're still going and the lights are still on is because we tapped into a power that we realize that he is the source that will always bring our supply. He will always supply our need. Keep going. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell in these 40 years. You shall know that your heart has heart that as man chastens a son, so the Lord God chastens you. Listen, he has to do it. He has to discipline. God has to discipline us because we're stubborn. Amen? I'm speaking to the men. Men, you're stubborn. I said, men, you're stubborn. I said, men, you're stubborn. And God has to discipline you. He disciplines his son because he loves you. And if you're not being disciplined, you know what, you know what scares me more? When Christians go... <laughs> I never, man, God's never mad at me. God never get in trouble. I'm like. I mean, I do some crazy stuff and I don't get, I don't get no consequences. God never does anything. But I like, I look at it like, maybe you're not his. Because I don't spank any kids that are not mine. Unless they're in the back of the children's ministry. And I, <laughs> after all, I'm their spiritual father. And I used to spank a lot of kids back in there. I'm like, you know what? Don't you ever do that again. Let me pray for you. You only, you only discipline your children. And if God's disciplining you because he loves you. you. You see, this is a crazy church here. I see people come and go, come and go, come and go. And the reason why they come coming back, they want to get disciplined. Why would you come back to that? Well, because they're disciplined there. They're, 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 they just tell the truth, and they're hard. And, and you know what? I, I left because they were hard. I can't wait to move out of my house so I can do my own thing. Dad, is there a room for rent? Because of love. Love disciplines. I said love disciplines. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Someone say, I'm going to a good land. Someone say, I'm going to a good land. Someone say, I'm going to a good land. A land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, of flow, of the valleys and hills. Come on, somebody. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs and trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil. Come on, somebody. And of honey. A land which you will eat the bread without, what? Scarcity. And in which you will lack, someone say, I will lack nothing. So why do I lack right now? Because you're not home yet. You're on your way. God's testing you. God's humbling you. God's dealing with you. God loves you. But we're going. See, part of the problem, listen, you get up in the morning, you start talking negative about your finances. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're broke. Keep saying that. Because guess what? There's a devil saying, yeah. Here's another bill. Yeah. Now you're going to get laid off. Yeah, you want to complain about what you don't have? You better start get, counting your blessings what you do have. I said you better start counting your blessings what you do have. You better start speaking over your money. Say, thank God for my little check. Come on, somebody. Thank God for these things. Thank God for my car. Thank God for my house. Thank God for all these things. You better start speaking words of life. 
The Bible says life and death are in the power of your tongue and the power of your tongue. Start speaking over that. My children are blessed. Crazy, but they're going to be blessed. We're blessed. I said we're blessed. I said we're blessed. If you have ears to hear, you are blessed. If you have eyes to see, you are blessed. Come on, somebody. If, if you're right here and you have lungs and you air in your breath, you are blessed. God is speaking to you because he's about to take us to a land that's flowing with milk and with honey. He's about to bless some of you. He's about to financially bless some of you. He's about to heal some of your minds. He's about to do some great and mighty things. You want to start seeing the manifestations of God's power? Then start walking in them. A land whose stones are iron and out of those hills. Someone say, you can dig copper. We can use some pennies. And when you have eaten and you are full, and you shall be, listen, when you're eaten and when you're full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Now, this is what I want to speak about today. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Beware you do not forget the Lord your God and stay out of his power or do not remember who you used to be and where you used to live and what you used to do and how you are saved and how you are here this morning and how you drive a car here and how you're blessed and do not forget these things and forgetting his commandments, his judgments and statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten you're a fool and you have built a beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your hand, listen, and when your herds and your flock multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you do have multiplied. Keep going. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which the fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land, which you, there was no water, who brought water for you out of a flinty rock. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that you might test you to do good in the end. Someone say, in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might of my hand has gained me this well. Now stop there. I'm all for the person that says, I'm a self-man. I want to I I I business and I want to bless. Praise God for that. But remember who's going to bless your business. I'm all for prosperity, but remember who's going to prosper you. About 10 years ago, believe it or not, I used to live in a house that had 11 bedrooms. That a living room was about this size. During that time, the economy was going good, and, and people could buy and sell and do all this stuff. And, you know, what did we know? We just went for it, and we said, God's going to do it, and God's going to do it, and God's going to do it. And we, you know what? God did do it, and God did bless, and God did multiply, and God did supply, and God gave me a house, and God gave me a car, and God gave me all these things. And you know what? And God did his all. And I remember those days when all of a sudden I started looking around and said, you know what? Man, I worked hard for this. Man, I worked hard for my brand new Tahoe, man, I deserve this. I put a lot of sweat equity into this. And then the repo man came. And then the bank took my house. You know why? Because I said I did it. 
I should have, I worked, I, I, I. You know what the bottom line is this? Sometimes God allows you to go through things to see how good it could be, allows it to be gone, to say, you know what, I'm going to give it back to you again. And when I do give it back to you again, don't you ever forget where you came from. Because it's not by your might and it's not by your power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Someone say the same power that was in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and, and, and uh, Elijah, and Elisha. The same power, the same God, the one that, listen, you know what the crazy thing is? God would visit them. God would visit them, empower them, and they would speak or they would do great and mighty things. When God touched Samson, he did great and mighty things. When God touched David, he did great and mighty things. Let me tell you something. God would visit them at certain times and at certain occasions. But let me tell you something. God doesn't wait certain times and occasions. God is with us right now. Do you believe that you have that power, the same power that was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, and Elijah, and Elisha, and Moses, and Samson? The same power that helped Peter walk on water. The same power. Even more than that, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me. The same? Pastor, you got to be serious. You mean to tell me the same God, the same power, the same might that was with those mighty men of God lives in me? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me? Yes, it does. It says, and then you will say in your heart, my power, my might had gained me this wealth. Keep going. Then you will say in your heart, my power, then the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you what? It is he who gives you what? To get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to his fathers as it was this day. Then you shall be, if, by, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so shall, you, so shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of your Lord your God. The reason why this nation is losing its power because it's lost its God. And the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Come on. I will hear from heaven and heal their land. I will restore the power to gain wealth. I will restore marriages. I am the God of reconciliation. I'm the God of... Disobedience has caused you, not God. The reason why we have failed time and time again is disobedience, not because of God. It's our power. When we said, it's my strength, it's my hand, it's my this, it's my that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. I would rather be poor and go to heaven than be rich and go to hell. And you guys are already sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're already there. That same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Why, how can we ch dare trust a God who delivered us out of Egypt, who sent us to the winners to humble us, who gave us a land already?
on the cross to give you this power. This power did not come cheap. Jesus says, I must go in order for you to receive this power. Acts chapter 1. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not that you might. Not that you could. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You want to be a better son? You want to be a better friend? You want to be a better dad? You want to be a better wife? You want to be a, you want to be, you want to, you want to stop the drugs? You want to stop the alcohol? You want to stop, you want to stop doing the nonsense? You want to start having reality check and saying, you know what, God, I'm far from you. I think I can do it on my own. God, I can't do it no more. I've been falling short every single time. God, I need your power. And the Bible says, and you shall receive power. The reason why you're going after strange men because you're looking for something to fulfill a void and that nothing's going to fulfill that void but the power of God. The reason why you're looking after strange women because you're looking for some type of feeling. You're looking for some type of touch. You're looking for some type of, uh, 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 but you're missing it. Nothing can fulfill the need but Jesus. The reason why you travel to and fro from this church to that church and from that job to that job and from this house to that house because you're looking for something. But what you're really looking for is Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. And finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because you are like Gideon. You are a mighty man. You are a mighty woman. You are great and mighty. You have great works to do. You have mighty works to do. The devil lied to you. He says, you're no good. You're worthless. You're, you're trash. And you know what God says? They're not trash. They're my living stones. Rejected indeed by man, but chosen by the Father. Holy. We are a holy priesthood. Why do we listen to the lies of the devil? Why do we listen that we can't? When the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Before we can fight demons, we need to fight to know who we are first. And the reason why we don't know who we are and we're searching and we're empty and we're miserable and we're bitter is because we stopped running. We ran out of gas, church. We're running on yesterday's prayers, yesterday's revival, yesterday's, oh, the yellow house of prayer. Listen, we don't live there no more. God wants to take us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And if you feel that way this morning with all eyes closed and heads bowed, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit falls upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and to the othermost parts of the world, the Anaheim, Fullerton, Buena Park, Orange, Santa Ana, Garden Grove. He's talking to you this morning. Corona. He's talking to you this morning. He's reaching, he's reaching to you. He's touching you. He's touching you. He's talking to you. The reason why you're going through what you're going through, the reason why you're doubting, the reason why pride is setting in, the reason why you're short-tempered, the reason why you're short-tempered, the reason why this, because guess what? You're manifesting. You're manifesting. You forgot to tap into the power. You forgot to tap into your source. You forgot to tap into your strength. And I challenge you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says you shall.